guys. Welcome to another episode of Great Lakes Football Talk. This is our second installment of the divisional previews. Last week we did the NFC East. Today we're going to do the NFC West. We got another special guest here. He's been on the show before. Uh, Fantasy Will, Will Power, whatever name he's going by these days. He's like the P. Diddy of our page. Um, Will, what's going on today? Well, there's, well, there's a will, there's a way. You know what I always say. <laughs> well, there's a will, there's a way. All right. Hey, so. It's a great day out there in sunny Arizona, about 100 degrees. It's only, it's still late afternoon, evening for you guys now. It's it's, it's almost oh, 11 yeah. o'clock here. Sun is just setting here. Beautiful dry heat. All right. Let's get into uh, let's get into today's episode. Um, we got the NFC West, of course. Your team, the Arizona Cardinals, representing that uh, that division. Boom. So we're gonna break them down. Uh, we're gonna start out with the Rams, though. We'll do the Cardinals last. Have you have a little bit of time for you to kind of hype them up? But start out with the LA Rams here. A um, couple guys that they got that are. I'll, I'll start them off here. Um, they're five round. The first five rounds for ADP, they got Todd Gurley going in the second round at pick five about. Um, it's, it's amazing how he had so many touchdowns last year and, and that knee injury is kicking him into the second round. So I'm sure all you guys will have something to say about him. Uh, and then there are three wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup all going. Uh, Cooks and Woods going middle of the fourth round and then Cooper Cup going in about um, early fifth round at a uh, 5-4. Um, so basically their whole offense there except for their tight end and their quarterback is going in the top five rounds really can't go wrong with any of those guys um i know personally i'm probably staying away from todd Gurley. i know eric's a huge todd Gurley fan he wants everybody to pass on him and just keep on having him drop um but it is a uh it's a pretty heavy offense there and despite only putting up three points in the super bowl last year they're they're pretty much clicking all the rest of the year around uh cooper cup uh coming back from the acl injury he should be good to go um eric what do you uh what do you think about those guys or any other guys you want to hit on todd Gurley going at 205 he's a great value there he's he's not currently injured he has the arthritis arthritis he's dealing with it's a pain management thing if it flares up through the year then there will be some issues, and I, I Henderson's going behind him. He's the he's who people think is the clear cuff. I think it's not as clear as that. I think Henderson's actually getting around to spell him, play more passing downs, make it so they don't have to work Gurley as hard. And I think that Marlon uh, Brown is actually the the clear handcuff, the guy that will take most of the first and second down work if Gurley does end up going down. But at two hundred five, I'm taking Gurley, and in my I believe by the time we're drafting in August, he's going to be skirting with the end of the second and the third round uh cooks and woods i think i have it 13 and 15 in my rankings i'm happy to have either of them as my w as my wide receiver too uh they're going at 406 and 409 i'm happy with that cup he's going at 504 if i know he's healthy at the beginning of the season i'm perfectly happy to draft him as well but that is something i'll keep my eye on uh tight ends they're tight ends everett and higby they're not very interesting if one of them got hurt then i would be interested in picking the other one up off waiver wires but uh, as you know, as a whole, them on the field, I, I, I'm just not playing either one. Goff, his ADP is 909. I have him ranked at 12. Uh, it's probably going to trend down for me, especially if Cup isn't healthy at the beginning of the year. He didn't have a great end of the season after Cup got hurt last year. So I, in the ninth round, I'm probably not going to end up with a lot of Goff, but I don't hate him, and that's my uh, that's my Rams take. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't mind having any of those wide receivers. Um, just, I mean, hopefully they fall in the right spots there. I really don't want to reach for either of them. I've seen in a bunch of mocks, Cooks is pretty much going as somebody's wide receiver two, which isn't bad. Uh, same thing with Robert Woods, and then Cooper Cup is starting to go as like a borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three, going into the fifth round. Um, people kind of getting their two running backs, two wide receivers. So he's get he's getting up there as their third wide receiver. Uh, so I would not be mad with any one of those three guys. Uh, Adam, you got anything different, or do you want to touch on any of those guys that we talked about? Yeah, the, the Gurley thing does scare me with the arthritis in the knee. Um, I think anybody that does grab Gurley, they need to be smart and maybe uh, maybe snag one of the handcuffs a little bit earlier than what they're going, just just for insurance. Because when you when you have a guy that's going. You know, he's your first-round pick, your second-round pick, even your third or fourth-round pick. You want to have legitimate insurance in case they go down, especially if you know – because we know months ahead of time. We've known last year that there was that problem. Um, 
so it's definitely something you want to protect yourself from because anytime you lose your first or second round pick, that can just absolutely just kill your fantasy season. And uh, for me, out of the three receivers, so I like Cooper Cup. I think he's going to be awesome. It's kind of a shame he's stuck behind Cooks and Woods, but you can't go wrong with any one of those three guys being a wide receiver. And golf, if he he's there in round nine or ten, like everybody knows, I like grabbing my quarterbacks. You know, in, in round nine or ten, um, take them within two or three rounds of each other, and then play match up uh, matchups. So as long as golf is is healthy throughout the year and going up to the you know, spring training and draft day, then I'll, I'll take him and probably start him with like a Stafford or a Josh Allen because the, the schedule does look decent for him. Uh, and then the tight ends, I think you know, one of them, one of them tight ends can actually get a clear cut role for, for themselves. I think they're worth looking at. I mean, you, you can't go wrong uh, always grabbing a tight end off the waiver wire because we know how fluky the tight end group is outside of the top handful of guys. Let me just say, yeah, I just wanted to touch on what Adam said as a handcuff to Gurley. If you if you want to cuff him with Henderson, you got to pay a six oh nine price. You know, round six, pick nine, and you're you're taking away probably your flex or you know your first bench spot, and that's not something I'm willing to do at all. So that's, that's I agree I'm with that. Well, you too high for my too rich for my blood there. Well, the thing is, though, too, is they might, you know, take away some of that some of that workload, especially early in the season for him. So you grabbing one of his cuffs could potentially be your flex play, too. I mean, we see what C.J. Anderson did. I mean, if I can get, you know, double-digit touches from one of his one of his backup running backs, I mean, I'll start him at the flex just because of how dynamic that offense is. Yeah, but if Gurley's not hurt, are you ever going to start Henderson in your flex and Gurley on your – as an RB or – well, I mean, we don't know yet. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, they're they're going to reduce his workload. I mean, it's they're going to have to save him because he's still so young, and they're the the last thing they're going to want to do is have him get, you know, another three hundred plus touches and just keep wearing him down. I mean, I think especially the first half of the season, I would imagine it's uh, his workload's a lot, a lot more where it's just he's getting he's getting the ball when he needs to get the ball, and I don't think they're going to just. You know, whenever it's like early down play, or if they're in the lead, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of the backup situation where um, Brown comes in, Henderson comes in, and they just they let Gurley rest unless he's absolutely needed. I mean, I don't see it where say they run the ball thirty times a game. I don't see him getting no twenty two, twenty three touches in that you know in that game. I think they're going to really monitor his their workload unless they're in absolute danger of missing the playoffs or they're fighting for a wild card spot, then I can see them kind of, you know, having Gurley and using him to pound the rock like they normally do. But until that happens, which I don't see anybody right now um, knocking off Los Angeles in that division, I think they they take it this year, at least for this year. So I wouldn't be surprised though if they just they're, – they're, they, they take it easy with him. I mean, there's no point of just running him into the ground the first eight games when they could easily just – rotate him in, kind of do like a, a running back by committee the first part of the season, and then see how their record goes, see how, you know, if they're in danger of even making playoffs or not, which I, I, I just don't see that happening this year. Uh, and, and I do think, you know, the first half season you see something more of – they're kind of forced into the running back by committee situation because they don't want to have it where Gurley has to retire at such a young age because of his pain. Um, so I, that's my take. I mean, I, I would I would feel comfortable – Especially seeing how the the preseason rolls around, I mean, if if one of these guys just look like they believe that Daryl Henderson, they took him early in the draft. If they think that he's a guy that can not replace Gurley, but a guy that can go in there and uh, at least the first part of the season take over a handful of carries or a big chunk of the carries, just keep him healthy. I'll start both of them because Gurley, he can be the type of guy where you give him a handful of carries, he still busts out for a pair of touchdowns, big yardage, and then one of their backups, one of his backups, if they're getting 12, 13 touches in a game, I would play that at the flex spot. I mean, especially if it's PPR. I mean, Henderson can catch the ball a little bit. And Malcolm Brown, he can somewhat catch the ball. I mean, I'll, I'll put one of those guys in a flex with no problem if they're getting at least, you know, 12 to 15 touches. You make a lot of good points there. Um, going back to what Eric said, I I find it hard that if, if Gurley is out there, I – I'm probably not playing one of the backups. I mean, that does it's not that's not just for the Rams either. That's for a lot of teams. Um, yeah, Henderson is there. He's 
They did pick him in the third round. He's definitely going to get some work. Uh, Brown's definitely going to get some work. Um, it's definitely not going to be a 80% Todd Gurley type season, I don't think, or 70% Todd Gurley type season. But it's – he Gurley pretty much has to be out for the game for me to play one of the backups comfortably. I mean, if it gets down to a week where there's six teams on bye week and, and I need to pick somebody up because – it's a last minute decision. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start Henderson too, but I don't know. I mean, but you do make a lot of, you do make a lot of good points. Uh, Will, do you have anything to add on, um, on the Rams at all? Any of the the top fantasy guys, or or do you want to add anything on Todd Gurley? Well, I kind of agree with what Adam was saying that we could see Henderson possibly playing a good solid flex role. Yeah, I think Henderson possibly could come in on third downs and use Gurley more of a first and second down and goal line type of situation. I know he's a great pass catcher, but I think they really do want to lighten the load, and I think Henderson is that explosive pass catching type of back. So I'll ask you the same question that Eric asked Adam. Um, Are you playing – are you feeling comfortable playing Henderson in your flex knowing that Todd Gurley is also going to be in that same game? I don't have enough information currently to answer that question and say, yes, I can't, I can't do that because we don't know anything yet. Right now I would say Gurley is the only running back that I'm going to be able to start on a week to week basis. After a couple of weeks, we may have a little more information, but until then I can't take them at the six. What is it? Six Oh nine price. I can't do that right now. There's too many other valuable players in that draft range that I would much rather have flex roles on a weekly basis and my starting roles possibly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I took six round for, for a running back that we're not sure how much time he's going to see is, is a little too steep there. Um, but that brings us to the next, next point here, the fantasy relevant rookies. Only real one that I, that I did see was Daryl Henderson. Um, but in my notes here, I got him as a handcuff. I wouldn't even put him in for like dynasty either, because as long as Gurley's on that team, if he if he's healthy, he's the main guy. So it's not even like Henderson's going to take over down the road unless something drastic happens to Gurley where either he's a forced to retire or has another setback injury or something like that. But uh, Henderson is really the only relevant rookie that I could see that's that could be fantasy relevant. Uh, but it, it's kind of a it, it's kind of situational basis. Uh, their depth chart. We've touched a lot of these guys. Uh, Jared Goff at the quarterback position. Todd Gurley. Then you got the three wide receivers: Cooks, Woods, and Cup. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, Flex, Daryl Henderson, and then the kicker, Greg Zerline, who is pretty much as automatic as they come. So he's definitely a guy that's going to be drafted. Uh, let's move on to the next team here. Uh, going on to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, looking to hopefully get a full season out of Jimmy Garoppolo, finally see what they what they have in him. Um, I mean, San Fran fans are waiting. Fantasy people are waiting. Uh, so hopefully hopefully he could stay healthy for all 16 games and, and, and show why they paid him all that money. Uh, as far as their five-round ADP, uh, George Kittle is really the only guy going in the top five rounds. Um, towards the end of the third round, 309, they got him here. This is based off of 12 teams. Um, Eric, let's start with you again. Any Anything you want to add on, on San Francisco or any notes on them? Well... I like Garoppolo. Uh, he's he's right in the middle of a range for me. That's about twelve to twenty in my rankings. That I really don't mind if I end up with one of them at the end of the draft. You know, you can get him. I think in round he's going in round twelve. And uh, if I get him, I'll probably pair him with another guy that has a little, you know, some upside as well, like Trubisky or uh, see Philip Rivers even as a safer option. It, it, He's, I'm not super interested, but since he's going too late, I might get him. Coleman, he's going at 6.03. I'm not interested in him at that price. He's my 33rd running back because I just think they're going to use a committee. They have three good running backs. Coleman will probably get the bulk, but it might only be 40 to 50% of the work, and I'm not I'm not paying that price for that. Uh, McKinnon, he's going at 10.02, which isn't a bad price, but there's guys going around him that I like a little bit better. I'm usually taking some receivers right around then. Uh, I actually end up with a lot of Brita because he's going around 14. I get him at the very end. And if one of those other guys goes down, then I'm getting a great value. I mean, he was actually really good when he was healthy last year, which wasn't much. But even when he wasn't healthy, he played hurt most of the time. And I I like Brita. I I think he's a great value at the 14th round. Pettis, he's going at 701. He's interesting to me. I 
I, I would like to get him on some of my teams this year. His stock has been rising steadily. There's a lot of big fantasy industry guys that are in on him, so I've noticed his price is going up a lot, but I'm hoping that I can get him. I won't overpay for him. Uh, there's no other receiving option there I'm interested in. There's a receiver, Kittle. I really like Kittle. I He's my tight end three. I, I'd really like to get him at the beginning of round four instead of in round three. Uh, because when he played with Jimmy G last year, which I think was only three games, he actually had two pretty much dud games and then one good game and then had most of his production come after that. So I am a little trepidatious on the Kittle stock. I don't want to take him in the middle of round three. Like I said, I'd like to get him in round four or even at the very end of three to know that I'm getting that early round four guy. Uh, but he, you know, he, I think he's the clear cut third tight end. He's, he's a stud. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I got on the Niners. Yeah, and the, the thing with Kittle, and you, you touched on it exactly, is we don't really know how he's going to be with Jimmy G. He's, And that's the reason why he is the clear-cut number three. He's definitely above the other tight ends after him. Um, but as far as, like, he's in Kelsey and uh, Ertz's range, but we are, we know what Kelsey and Ertz are with the, with the quarterbacks that they have. We, we don't really know what George Kittle is with Jimmy Garoppolo, so... Um, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. And, and if you want him, you're going to have to pay that third round price for him. Um, Will, uh, I know you had a you had a wide receiver that you wanted to mention. Anything on, on these other guys? And then why don't you talk about the guy you, you wanted to mention? Well, I did want to bring up, and right now, you know, I haven't heard anybody really talk about him, but I do think that Trent Taylor is going to play a big role on this team. I don't know how fantasy relevant. Maybe a guy that you end up picking up off waivers a couple weeks into the season, three or four weeks into the season, if you see what he can do. But he came in his rookie year. He had a little success with, success with Garoppolo, got injured, and he's been working hard all season. And I've actually heard quite a few reports on him that he's probably going to be running out of the slot most of the time. And I think that'll be – I know that you have Kittle – over the middle, but I think Trent Taylor is going to be a fairly good part of this offense. I still don't know how fantasy relevant. And then Marquise Goodwin, if you remember two years ago when he came to the Niners, he was that kind of guy that you would throw in on a bye week fill-in when you felt like you were down and you just needed a big play. And I think he may still be that kind of player. You're not going to get consistent play out of them, but if you find yourself down after Saturday's games or Thursday's games and you feel like you're in the hole, might be a player you throw in there during the bye weeks because he can get you that 90 yards and a touchdown in one play, that kind of guy. Yeah, Goodwin's a giant boomer bust kind of guy for them. Uh, they got a, a handful of um, – Decent wide receivers. I don't know how many of them I'm touching as far as my fantasy teams go, but on top of the two that you mentioned and Dante Pettis, they went out and they got Jordan Matthews, um, who really hasn't been the same since his first stint with Philadelphia. Uh, and then they drafted a couple. They got Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Adam being the guy that's uh, that, that more knows rookies than, than the rest of us. Um, do you want to mention anything about those guys? And, and then what's your thoughts on the Niners? Yeah, oh, a guy that I would grab later in drafts, or even use a waiver uh, waiver wire pickout, just in just because you think that your your team isn't shaped up the way it's supposed to be. Uh, go grab Debo Samuel. I mean, he's a guy that I think is one of the reasons why Marquise Goodwin could potentially be cut this uh, this camp because he's a guy you can play in this in the in the slot. He's explosive. Um, he kind of reminds me of a Tyreek Hill. I mean, he'll kill you with your speed. He can stretch the field. And granted, Tyreek Hill's a ton better. It's, But there's aspects of each each game that you can compare the one another. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to love a guy like that. I think he's someone you, know, you, you can probably grab in between your kicker and your defensive picks, a guy that you can leave on your bench for the first week or two to see how his role is. Or even if, if – he blows up in spring or in um, camp. Like I'm thinking he's going to, you know, if you have the balls to throw him out there week one, I mean, I think he'll be across from Dante Pettis or in the slot. I mean, he's going to have a role. Um, you know, he, they did draft him early. 
They, you know, San Francisco knows that Jimmy G needs more weapons. The team itself needs more weapons, no matter who's really a quarterback. Um, and then Kittle, I, I love Kittle. I dr- think I drafted him late or I paid him off waivers, one of them last year, and I actually had Travis Kelsey on my team already. So I just, I love having those two tight ends out there. Um, three, nine, that's good enough for me. I mean, depending on who my first two round or my first two picks are, I mean, if I go and get a good, um, wide receiver one and RB one, the first two picks, depending on the way the board is shaping up, I might go get Kittle. And then the running back situation, it is the running back situation. There's killer. I mean, they do have, like Eric said, they do have three good running backs. Um, I'm, I'm for fancy reasons. I'm hoping one of them gets moved before the season starts, but Coleman, uh, I would take him if he fell to me at the right spot. McKinnon, I think they still want to see what McKinnon can do because he did lose his whole year last year. Uh, I think I, I wouldn't want both on my team. I would want one, and I'd, I think they both get enough work to at least be a flex play. And, um, yeah, I mean, Dante Pettis, outside of, like, I think the sure bets in the wide receiver group, um, as much as I'm trying to hype up Debo, I mean, he is still a rookie. But the guaranteed guys, yeah, Dante Pettis, I'll take him. Use him as a good wide receiver too, and uh, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean the, the team I think is in a tough division where they're some of their games you know against the Rams. Um, I think the Cardinals defense will be better. I think it's gonna affect their fantasy impacts a little bit just because they got to play each of those teams two uh, two times a year. But yeah, I mean, they have you can find solid starters or even spot starters throughout this whole lineup. I mean again with me taking quarterbacks later. I'll go take Jimmy G in round 12 and start him probably over half the season. He has Tampa, Arizona, even though I think they should be better. If their defense isn't, that's two games you start him right there. Baltimore, who I think is going to be a little bit lackluster. Potential shootout in New Orleans. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially sneak into like the top 10 this year if healthy and all of his uh, weapons are healthy as well. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. He's that's the biggest thing though is if healthy, he's got to stay on the field. Uh, so you touched on Debo Samuel, uh, a couple other fantasy relevant rookies that that I could see. Jalen Hurd, uh, as I mentioned, we didn't really talk about him too much. More so dynasty. Um, I think he's a great dynasty stash. I wanted to add something with uh, Debo and Pettis, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I definitely think. Pettis is going to be the the number one on this team, and I think that could be a very valuable role. We still got to see it. But when it comes to Debo, something I remember uh, Pettis speaking of earlier this summer and was how complex the San Francisco playbook was and how long it took him to grasp it. And so that's why I worry just a little bit about the rookies coming in and making too much of an impact right away. Yeah, it's, it's the, obviously talent. Talent always stands out and always finds its way onto the field. So we'll see. But yeah, it's like they they got Dante Pettis and and then just a handful of like number twos and threes. And it's like which which one of those other guys outside of Pettis do you do you trust the most? Yeah. Um, nobody. Right yeah. Now. No, nobody right we'll now. See. Those are a wait and see, wait and see kind of guys. And then um, the other fantasy relevant rookie, we don't really talk too much about him. Um, the position at all really is for IDP and that's Nick Bosa, the number two overall pick. But if you're, if you're in an IDP league and, and you, and you want to grab a defensive end, that's going to get to the quarterback. Nick Bosa is the way to go there. Uh, I do like Tevin Coleman in the sixth round. I know Eric, you, you know, you don't really like him there, but um, I, I definitely would take a chance on him there. Uh, rounding out their depth chart, Jimmy G at quarterback, Tevin Coleman at the running back position. Uh, I had Pettis, Matthews, and Samuel. I completely forgot about Marquise Goodwin, though, so thank you. Thank you, Will, for bringing him up. Um, George Kittle, obviously the tight end. That's the star of the offense there. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida, it's really, I, I had them both down in the flex position. It's really hard to say uh, which one you trust more, and, and it could be could be one of those offenses where one week it's one guy, one week it's the other, and one week it's the third guy. So it, it's hard to say. And then their kicker Robbie Gold, uh, but as of as of today, still hasn't signed the franchise tender. So uh, who knows what's going on there? Uh, moving on to the Seahawks, uh, let's uh, let's have you start off, Adam, with the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks. I think there's a ton of potential in just about everybody in that lineup. I mean, you know what you're getting out of Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter if his wide receivers are healthy. Um, if a 
if he running back becomes a star running back like Chris Carson did last year, you know what you're going to get out of Russell Wilson. Um, you feel comfortable to take him whatever round you want to take him, and you got your quarterback for every week other than the bye week. Running, uh, the running backs, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, I'm really hoping Penny steps up and plays to his potential. He was a monster at San Diego. He's the one he got drafted in round one. And he just couldn't get uh, – you know, he, he was hurt. I think he got hurt in the beginning of camp. And that might have been part of the reason why he just couldn't, for one, get a big role in offense. And then that could have also been why he was just struggling. But Chris Carson, I think he's he, – he found what he needed to find to become a good running back in the NFL and in fantasy. But I, I think the farther we get into the season – there's going to be a uh, running back by committee, but Carson going at in the fifth round. I mean, I'll, I'll take him. That's I think no matter what happens, he'll give you good value out of that. And then you have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. You know, you and me, Jared, both fans of DK Metcalf. I think he's going to do a huge things, especially with the unfortunate news about Doug Baldwin having to retire. I think there's a huge chance he could become. You know, he could push Tyler Lockett for that you know, wide receiver one spot over in Seattle just because of how talented he is. He's, just, he's a freak of nature. There is some injury concerns about him uh, coming out of college. You know, he was hurt. If I'm not mistaken, one of the injuries was a neck issue, which is always scary no matter what sport you play. But, I mean, if you can get Metcalf, especially in dynasty leagues, I think that would be huge. Um, Nick Vanett, the tight end, I, I think uh, he could potentially be a waiver wire add for like bye weeks if your your tight end goes down. And, uh, you know, David Moore, David Moore was a – it's like every catch he had last year went for a touchdown. You know, he was super up and down. Though. I mean, he had 26 catches for like 500 yards, and he had five touchdowns. So, like every five catches he was getting, one of them was going for a touchdown, which was – and I think at one time he had 17 catches and he had like four touchdowns, which was just crazy. He has – a the end zone um he knows where to go when they're within the you know 5 10 15 yard line to get open i mean this is another roster just like san francisco that can just give you a ton of starters a ton of depth guys that can fill in for injuries if something were to happen to one of your main guys on the roster um and sleepers i mean i think rashad penny could be a huge sleeper this year just because you know people might be like oh well chris carson took this job last year ran away with it but again Penny was a first-round draft pick. I mean, he, he's going to have every opportunity this year to do something. And I think if he does, it could be huge. I think, you know, Penny is a guy – he ran for like 2,000 yards at San Diego in one year. I mean, the talent's there. He just needs to put it onto the professional football field. And I think he does it. I mean, uh, he's going – I think I think Penny's going like the seventh round or something, um, which is kind of – taking a gamble but if you go and you get your running back stacked at the beginning of the draft he's a gamble that could pay off yeah and I know both uh both Will and Eric have something to say about Chris Carson so we'll start out with you Will uh what are your thoughts on Carson and the rest of the Seattle Seahawks well currently they're the second best team in the division and I hate to say that you know I'm super optimistic about where the Cardinals are going to go but the reliability of what Russell Wilson brings and then what the Seattle defense has continued to bring, even though they've lost pieces. So I still put them as second in the division for now. Kind of hurts me to say that. But Chris Carson, he's an athletic freak, not huge in the pass game, but he's a beast running up the middle. You know, and this is Pete Carroll's boy. Pete Carroll has stood by this guy through thick and thin, and he likes this guy. He wants to run Chris Carson. I know they're going to get Rashad Penny involved this year, much more than last year. Obviously, he dealt with an injury early in the season that I can't. I think held him back in his progress. I think he's healthy now. He's shed some weight, so he's he's got serious about being a professional, and I think that's really going to show this year. He's obviously the best of the two pass catching backs. So I think he's going to get plenty of work. Penny that is. And you saw what he did in some of his limited plays. He has that 
he has that burst where he can just break off those giant runs. Chris Carson is more of a grinder. He'll get you. He's the plotting. He's athletic, but he's he's going through the tackles. Penny is going to cut and break, and he can break off those 30-yard runs. And So I'm excited to see this, what they both bring this year. I still think Carson holds down the lead job unless injured. I think it's his job to lose. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think it's going to be a two-headed monster and a very dangerous one at that. I think I think they're going to be punishing punishing defenses all year long. You just you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say it could be a really good two-headed monster. Uh, is there anybody else on on the Seattle team that you are looking forward to drafting in your drafts or anybody that you're staying away from, anything like that? I mean, I haven't got many shares of DK. I mean, I know he's a freak. And I, I just haven't seen it enough myself. Tyler Lockett, if I had to go into a season with him as my number two wide receiver, if I went running back heavy, say three three running backs or two running backs wide receiver, and had to had to go into the season with him as my number two wide receiver, I could do it and I would feel okay about it. David Moore is a great late round flyer because you can get him for almost nothing you know at the end of your draft and he's that guy that kind of wait and see what happens you know that's that's about it you know there's will disley but come on <laughs> who's, dra- who's drafting will disley yeah i don't think will disley's family's drafting will disley uh no, not a- <laughs> eric any uh anything you want to add anything on chris carson or, or who are you touching from seattle yeah, <clears throat> Carson at five oh six is it's pretty good. It's not I, I like both running backs, so I'm not against taking Carson at at five oh six. He's my RB twenty five, but I was looking at it today, and I think I'm already going to move him up to twenty three. And if it turns out he had that knee scope done, if it turns out I, I he's healthy coming into uh, preseason and everything, I might even move him up a little more. But I really like drafting Penny two rounds later. Uh, I think he's. He's, he's a breakout for me. I think he's going to have a great year uh, on top of with Chris, what Chris Carson, they run the ball 30 times a game, you know, so there's plenty of room for both those guys. And uh, when Mike Davis left the offense, he left 150 carries to be had 150 touches. I'm sorry. And those are to be had by Penny and Carson together. And Carson already carries the first and second down load. So I think Penny picks up a lot of work. And then if Carson goes down, he's a be one for me. Um, lock it. At five, he's my 26th wide receiver. I'm a little low on him. So at 506, he's, he's too high for me. He's the most efficient receivers in football as far as touchdown consistency uh, year in and year out. I, I, I have a hard time with it, though. They're going to run the ball way more than pass. They'll probably pass less than 500 times this year, which doesn't leave a lot of room for wide receiver upside. Um, you know, I could be wrong. If he gets over 10 touchdowns again, obviously he's going to finish higher than I have him. I'm just not. I'm not comfortable taking him there. Uh, I like out of the rest of the receivers, I don't think DK is, I, I, I like him, you know, he's going to get some big plays, but I don't think he's going to have any kind of consistency for you. Um, I do like David Moore. I think he's going to be the, the number two on the team. I think he's going to get most of that big pass work that people think DK is going to get. Uh, I, I, I think he's a steal at the very end of the draft. I think he could easily finish in maybe the top 40 wide receivers, which, you know, as a, as a wide receiver three, if, you know, where I kind of have him going or, or finishing, that's that's a steal. He's, he's not going to cost you anything. Will Disley, I don't think should be slept on. Don't draft him now. But if he's healthy come preseason, uh, I you know, I'll take a shot on him in the last round if I if I wait on tight end. If he's coming into the season healthy, he, he was good last year when he was playing. So I, Russell Wilson, he's my eighth quarterback ranked. I, I only have him ranked there because he always finishes there. I, I'm not excited to draft him. I, I think I might actually honestly move him down. His rushing hasn't been what it what it used to be in previous years. I, I probably won't own him, especially with a lot of the quarterbacks that are going after I can get later that I like better. So definitely Seahawks. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I don't think I'm going to be having a lot of Russell Wilson either. Um, is I I don't like I really don't like the talent all the way around. I mean, yeah, he can rush. He he might get a few rushing touchdowns. Uh, but you you did mention that he's he hasn't really been rushing that that much lately um as far as uh one 
one thing I forgot to mention was the the top five round ADPs, but you guys touched on them, Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett. They're pretty much going back to back, uh, both around uh, right in the middle of the fifth round, five oh six. Uh, they're fantasy relevant rookies. DK Metcalf, we touched a little bit on, and then uh, another IDP guy. We got LJ Collier. He uh, the defensive end. He was our first round pick this year, um, and then. Yeah, I mean, I I like DK in in Dynasty. I know before the draft, before the actual draft started, he was the guy that I wanted the most here in Buffalo at pick nine. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't go that route, and and not because he's kind of fallen out of favor with me, but just um, I, I, it's I'm just hearing a lot of things where he's just not he's he's a one trick pony, and I I don't. I mean, maybe Russell could hit him deep and get a few touchdowns that way, but um, he needs to he needs to learn more routes and learn learn more of the offense and uh, and, and show better than that. So, uh, Russell Wilson, um, again, I, I I don't think I'm going to be touching him at all. And Chris Carson, I do like I, I, that's somebody that I will be targeting. Lockett, I'm not too high on, but um, if he falls in the right spot, I'll grab him. Really not interested in their tight ends, either of them, uh, Vanett or Disley. I do like David Moore though. He's definitely you touched on it, Eric. He's definitely a guy that I uh, that you could get real late or, or not even drafted at all, and and definitely work out that way. Moving on to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, Woo! <laughs> a team that uh, team that everybody's been waiting for here. A team that I think that we all, without even without even talking to you guys about them, I think that we are all a little bit of excited, a little bit excited about them and, and act to just to see them on the field with, they got a lot of new faces there. Um, as far as their, the top five round ADP goes, the only one really going in the, in the top five rounds is David Johnson. Uh, I am very, very high in him this year. I think he has a, and not even, I can't even call it a bounce back here because he was top 10 last year, but I think he has a, uh, a year like he had a couple of years ago. I, I, I wouldn't even be crazy to say that he could finish as the number one running back or to finish with the most all-purpose yards as a, for a running back this year. Um, I know, I know Will's going to love hearing that. I know he's got a lot to say about David Johnson. Um, I personally am taking him. If, if I'm picking at uh, pick six, I am taking him over Melvin Gordon. Um, He's my number five, number six running back. So I, I love David Johnson, and I'll, I'd be excited to grab him this year. Uh, before I talk too much about the Cardinals, let's go. Let's go on to you, Will. Why don't you kick us off and and uh, just kind of just get all excited here? Man, let me tell you how excited I am. I really can't wait for this season. One of those seasons that every Cardinal fan just wants to forget. I mean, it was the worst coaching situation. We went from Bruce Arians' offense to I don't know what the offense was last year. It was awful. We had a team set up for big passing plays. David Johnson, one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league, and they tried to shoot him up the middle all the time, which isn't his strength. He can do it, but he's much better getting them in space. So I'm excited. I agree with you 100% about David Johnson can easily finish as if not one, but he can. I think he can bring it back to the top four this year. So I'm super excited about that. I know he's going to be used properly. I, I can see him running with four wide receivers and even putting uh, David Johnson out there in the slot as well at times. So I know he's going to get he's going to get a ton of passes. Kingsbury wants to run the most plays in the history of the NFL. And I'm glad. You know what that equals for fantasy? Volume is king in fantasy. Exactly. So I think there are going to be several relevant players on this team. Yeah, I could definitely see it too. I got pretty much they. They have one of my bigger lists that I've that I've compiled here uh, between their rookies that I like, between their just their fantasy relevant players that I like. Um, before I get into them, though, let's get let's get to Eric and Adam, though. Uh, Eric, why don't you kick us off here? Um, I'm with you on the DJ camp. I think he's my number five overall guy. I'll take him before I take DeAndre Hopkins, and then it's DeAndre Hopkins for me right after. Uh, I don't need to touch on much more than what you guys said. They're going to spread the ball out. They're going to pass a lot into the slot. 
you know, and underneath, and that's where David Johnson lives. So I'm all about DJ this year. Uh, Christian Kirk, I, I really like Christian Kirk. He has rapport with Kyler Murray from college, so I like I like that a lot. He's he's my number thirty five wide receiver. I'm one of the few people that actually has Fitz ranked over Kirk, and because of that, I don't end up mocking Kirk a lot because I can get Fitz in the next round, and I have Fitz ranked higher. I think that uh, Larry Fitzgerald is is just. I think this is going to be a, a go out as you know, finishing off a career that is amazing with another amazing year or might even, you know, the Cardinals might be good enough for him to feel like he should stick around and, you know, in this, in this new offense and play one more year. And, uh, I think he's, hey. I, huh? Hey man, I didn't get yeah. to talk about Larry. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I got him as my 25, my wide receiver 25, which I know is really high, but I think he's going to catch a ton of balls from Kyler. I, I, I think he's going to be the safety valve there. I don't like, uh, I don't like the tight end. I, you know, I like Ricky Seals Jones. I think he's a he's a kind of a freak, athletic guy, but I, you know, he just hasn't really proven it. I've drafted him a couple years in a row, kind of at the very end, thinking maybe I got something and didn't have it. So maybe I'm just a little spurned. Yeah, uh, you Kyle, know, Kingsbury hasn't really used tight ends that much in his history. I don't see a whole lot of tight end action there. Yeah, and Ky- and Kyler Murray. Uh, you guys know I love Kyler. I got him ranked as my 10th overall quarterback, and I think he might move up as I move Wilson down a little bit. Uh, the one, you know, I think he's going to have over 500 yards rushing. I uh, I think he's going to just throw it. To, I think he's going to just have a great year in this offense. I, I, I really hope all signs lead to that. It runs through Murray. Uh, his, the, you know, another he's another guy where the industry guys are higher on him, and so they're talking him up a lot. So his ADP has been steadily rising. I used to get him in round 10 a month ago. Now he's going at the beginning of round eight. If he gets too much higher than that, it doesn't matter how much I like him. I'm just not going to take him because I don't take quarterbacks that early. So I do hope he doesn't keep rising so uh, so I can have some Kyler Murray action. And a couple guys that nobody's mentioned yet, and, and I'm sure Adam's going to mention them, so I won't even say them because uh, they are rookies. Uh, what do you got, Adam? Well, my first thing is the Kyler Murray part. I I do love Kyler long-term if he can stay healthy and great, he's, he's had no injury concerns, but he's only played one year as a starter. And then on top of that, it's, he's barely over five ten. He, well, he's barely five ten, and he's barely over 200 pounds. I mean, there's a big difference from college to the pros. I mean, he's going to be getting hit by Bobby Wagner. You know, you have um, a, a boy as big as uh, Nick Bosa. I mean, I'm worried that he's not going to be able to stay healthy. And then if he doesn't stay healthy, I think all this hype is done. It's killed. Uh, but if he can stay in the field, though, which is, for me, it's a big if, um, especially, you know, me doing the scouting stuff, size for quarterbacks is a huge thing. Um, but, man, I mean, he's electric. I mean, he can very well have a season now. He could be, he could, I think he could come close to a – like a – peak Cam Newton season, his rookie year. I mean, I do think if healthy, he's going to be a ton better than um, Cam Newton. I think, you know, we could definitely see, you know, see him post up close to 4,000 yards just because the receivers he has. He could have, you know, 500. I'm putting him at 4,000 and 1,000 yards rushing right now. Mark it down. Mark (laughs) it down. If he hits that thousand yards rushing or <laughs> he is going to die. I tell you right now, he will not be able to survive having that many carries. You have to think that's <laughs> all those carries he would need for a thousand rush yards, plus the sacks that he would get. I mean, you have Detroit, who Grant is my hometown team, but they got He's Trey the Flowers. He wanted to do it in college. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to do it in college. The thing is, though, you see the defenses, they're, they are smaller. I mean, you have these linebackers that are. 5'10", 5'11", roughly almost his size. You have linebackers over here that are 6'3". You have these just oh, monster God. players. I mean, you know, you have a Van Der Esch, You have a Jalen Smith who I don't believe they go against the Cowboys, but I'm just still, that's guys that are that size. You know, you go look and you have, you have De- like Detroit, Baltimore, you know, Atlanta. You have big, you know, big defensive players over there. The linebackers look like monsters. You know, you still got Pittsburgh, who has Devin Bush now, who they're hoping that he comes the next uh, Ryan Stager, which he could very possibly be. He's just he. It, it, I I just feel like he's gonna 
want to play college ball too much, especially in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. He's going to just be stuck in head. Oh, well, I did it in college. I can do it here. He's going to get wrecked. I, if, if healthy, give me, you know, give me uh, Kyler Murray in round six, seven, eight. I mean, honestly, I mean, if healthy, because he has the talent to play that. And I think a whole healthy rookie year, I think he's one of the quarterbacks that can go in round six or seven next year. Uh, you know, David Johnson, I'm huge on David Johnson. I would even flirt with taking him at maybe four or five, just for some reason is we've seen how he, what he could do with a decent offensive line. He had a couple years ago. Um, he, he still, you know, he came over what he had, oh, I think over 1400 total yards with a horrible offensive line. They went and they got Marcus Gilbert from Pittsburgh, who I think is going to be the best player on that offensive line. They got, um, J.R. Sweezy from Seattle. I think he's going to help that line tremendously. You have Mason Cole from Michigan going to a second season. I think he's going to – I think he very well hit that 1,000-rush yard, 1,000-receiving-yard goal that he's been wanting since he's basically been into the, the league. And then Larry Fitzgerald. As long as Larry Fitzgerald is playing football on Sundays, I'll take him. If I can get him – at a round I feel comfortable with, if that's, you know, the seventh, eighth, and ninth round, especially for Kyler Murray's rookie year. I think Kyler Murray is going to look for him to be his comfort blanket uh, just because he knows, like, just he's a kid. You know, when when Larry Fitzgerald was in his prime, you know, Kyler Murray was watching him. You Everybody was. So no matter where you were at, you, if you liked football, you were watching Larry Fitzgerald. He knows what he, can, he has as a rival target. And then you have the rookies. Hakeem Butler uh, is going to be, I think, a huge rookie this year. I think he's going to be maybe, depending on Kyler's situation, if he stays healthy and lives up to that height, I think Butler could potentially flirt with rookie of the year. You know, he's he's just, you know, he's six foot five, 230 pounds. He's huge. He's going to be a big red zone target, a big red zone presence. And then you have Andy Isabella, who is a small receiver, but I think he's going to be a phenomenal slot receiver. I think this guy is going to be a a clone of Golden Tate, which we all know what Golden Tate does in the right situation, the right team, the right plays. And then Keyshawn Johnson, who's 6'2", he's going to be just phenomenal too. I mean, I don't know how they got Hakeem Butler in the fourth round. I mean, Hakeem Butler is going to be a monster. Um, and I, I think they set Kyler Murray up and, and David Johnson, this team completely. I mean, if if they go and play their cards right, be safe, does you know they don't have Kyler being reckless, wanting to run you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a game just because he feels like he can. I think this team could be a surprise playoff team, and I think they get in the playoffs. I think this could be a team that potentially surprises everybody and makes a deep playoff run. And I love even more because I'm a Detroit fan, and the Cardinals they open up their season against Detroit, so I get to see that week one. Don't got to worry about switching back and forth. I get to watch the Lions, get to watch the Cardinals. And see firsthand. I mean, if Darius Slade comes into camp, I mean, Tyler Murray is going to have a huge challenge from week one. I mean, we can all agree, you know, even if I'm, I'm a Detroit fan, we can all agree Darius Slade is one of the top corners in the league. So if he can do well that game, I mean, that's going to be a good sign because if you can go and, you know, get the leg up on Darius Slade, then you know you're you're in for uh, a good season. You know, I, can I jump in there on uh, Isabella real quick? Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned how how great of a slot player it is, but he's he's also just as phenomenal running the deep route. I mean, this guy has four three speed and Julian Edelman type hands. So this guy is going to be doing a lot of the uh, stretching of the defense for this Cardinals offense, I believe, to open up some of that middle for David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, absolutely. And then even though you guys mentioned that the Fantasy wise, the Titans not play a, a play a huge factor. I think they're gonna it's gonna greatly benefit David Johnson and Kyler Murray because they signed Charles Clay, who can he can throw a block. I mean, he's you know, a he, blocker. He's a blocker. He can throw a block. And then they also signed Max Williams. And even though Max Williams didn't have the greatest career over in um, Baltimore, Max Williams is a guy that he's not scared to block. He'll get in there and he'll block like he's an offensive lineman, which gives Kyler Murray more protection where he doesn't have to be forced in the running that gives David Johnson more holes and bigger holes to run into. 
I mean, the tight ends, I think, could, even though they might not produce the fantasy numbers, they could potentially be a core reason of why your fantasy players are posting uh, David, you know, David Johnson top five running back numbers. Um, you know, Kyler Murray has a, say, rookie of the year type season. I think these tight ends, as willing as they are to block, Charles Clay can catch two. I mean, I think, you know, we have Ricky Seal Jones who can catch. Uh, and then they even uh, they drafted uh, Caleb Wilson from USC, who he led all of college football uh, um, in receivings when it comes to tight ends. So, I mean, he could be, you know, even though I think he was drafted in the sixth or seventh round, he could be a sleeper too where he can just be the main um, pass-catching tight end over there, which honestly I, I wouldn't be surprised if you look at these numbers at the end of this year, if Arizona does well, these tight ends are, you know, the leading blockers when it comes to tight ends. Um one of these tight ends just comes out of nowhere and becomes fantasy relevant, you know, big time. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, these tight ends, people might sleep on them now, but I, they're just they're going to play, play a huge part in any success that uh, that Arizona has this year. Well, you guys, uh, you guys definitely hit a couple nails on the head. You guys stole all the good points from me. I really don't have much to say anymore now. Um, but I do just getting back to. The stuff that I was talking about, uh, the fancy relevant rookies, Hakeem Butler is definitely one of my favorite, one of my favorite just overall rookies. Um, I, I especially love him in Dynasty, but I would definitely, definitely take him late in redraft leagues. If uh, I mean, we don't know what the depth chart's going to look like going into camp. You you got Larry Fitz there and you got Christian Kirk there. So how many targets is Butler and Isabella going to have and, and Keyshawn Johnson and the two tight ends that they have and David Johnson. So uh, where is the King Butler going to fit in? But I do, I absolutely love his size. He is, he's another guy that I wanted Buffalo to draft, but the guy's six, five, uh, absolutely, absolutely love his size. I love his, I love his, uh, love his game. So um, can't wait. Just, I, I just can't wait to watch this Arizona offense overall. Um, Andy Isabella, there's a reason why they took him in the second round. Um, so, you know, he's going to get out there and both these guys are going to work with Kyler Murray and, and they've already had some time to work together in the rookie camps and stuff like that. Uh, a couple of the other guys that, that you could be looking for in IDP, you got Byron Murphy, their cornerback and Deontay Thompson, their safety. Uh, so some, some rookies there for IDP and just, up and down aside from the tight ends they they got they got a really good offense or they got potentially a good offense we don't we don't know how their offense is going to be but just the the names and everything um i'm i'm probably just excited as well as to watch this team play this year and uh and adam you said it um but this is i know we're going to be doing a bold predictions podcast after all these divisional podcasts are over with uh but my bold prediction for the Arizona Cardinals is that they do make the playoffs this year uh, go deep. I'm not really too sure about that, but um, I, I think that they could sneak into the playoffs, uh, maybe with like a nine and seven, ten and six record, get either that wild cord, or if uh, if the division kind of just falls into their hands, maybe they, maybe they take the division at, at ten and six or something like that. Yeah, like overall, this division I think is going to be a lot closer than what people are expecting because, granted, even though the Rams are coming off a Super Bowl um, appearance. There wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo other than the first two and a half weeks of the season. And that's supposed to be a guy that changes the whole San Francisco organization. They didn't have Jarrett McKinnon, who was originally signed to be like their main back. And then Arizona didn't have no quarterback. They had Josh Rosen, who's a rookie who struggled, which all, you know, what rookie doesn't struggle. And, you know, and then you had Seattle. San Francisco. San Francisco was decimated on defense last year as well. So right. they did a lot, a lot this year to shore that up. So if Jimmy G can stay healthy and, and the defensive pieces that they've added, Quan Alexander, Bosa, you know, these are big parts. D Ford. I'm glad you brought up defense too, because that actually that's another reason why I think Arizona is could be a surprise playoff team. They they not only did they we're talking about the offense here because that's what a lot of fantasy football is about, but they kind of boasted their defense a little bit too. They went out and got Terrell Suggs, who yeah he's towards the end of his career, but he still has uh he still he still has some left in the tank. They got the couple of rookies that I mentioned, Byron Murphy, Deontay Thompson. Uh, they signed Robert Holt, uh, Robert Elford from San Francisco, um, and then they drafted Zach Allen in the third round there to play on the end. 
um, to go along with they already had they already have one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league in Patrick Peterson a uh, pair of good safeties Buda there Baker. Buda Baker and DJ Swearinger exactly a couple couple good safeties there. I mean there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to be able to pass too much on Chandler these Jones yeah Chandler Jones on Reddick all right, you're just you're just naming all the guys that I'm talk about the guys. That, sorry, sorry, Jerry, I'm getting too excited. Sorry to interrupt you, my brother. Talk about the guys that people may have heard of before. Uh, Chandler Jones is one of them too, but um, just I mean, overall, I think this team is. We're definitely going to see. We're not going to see a three and thirteen uh, team again. That that's for damn sure. We're going to see a, a, a highly improved team. Um, even if they they don't make the postseason this year, I still see an eight and eight record or, or no worse than that. Yeah, you know if you're if you're if you're a betting man, I think the I think they have a set at five or six wins right now. I haven't checked recently, but I would definitely take the over on on six wins or five wins for that matter. I would definitely take the over. A good chance to make a little money there. Yeah, and just just remember though, this whole thing depends on Kyler Murray. I mean. His thin frame, you know, if, if that doesn't work out for him, I mean, you're looking at what Brett Hundley, I think, is quarterback. I mean, that's that's not an ideal situation right now. See, I don't, I don't no. like that argument about against Kyler Murray at all because we've seen plenty of smaller quarterbacks come into the league now and do fine. And not only that, but he has the same. He was drafted as a high end baseball prospect, just like Russell Wilson. So he has that. He's got that you know, sliding ability and the ability to, to avoid contact. And I, you know, he's never shown injury history before. So I, I don't, I don't dig the, if he can stay healthy stuff. I don't see. Well, it's uh, not that it's just his size alone. It's like how small he is. I mean, you, yeah, he, he's smaller than Russell Wilson though. I mean, when, when they hate, when he got measured and weighed at the combine, he literally, which is mysterious. He broke basically even with, I think uh, Baker Mayfield's hand size. And I think, like a pound less than Russell Wilson, but everybody else that measures him, he comes in smaller than five ten. He comes at a pound. Yeah, they say he's he's One like a, yeah, he's, he's literally like a pound. It's like the so combine, how, how often has Russell Wilson gotten hurt? He's only a pound lighter. Russell Wilson's never missed games. The run. thing is, it's he's also smarter though. I mean, you, you got to look at it that way. Where Russell Wilson, even though he will run, he's he's he doesn't think about running first. He will go and extend plays if he needs to. Kyler Murray, though, watching him in college, it seems like if there's a hole open for him on the line, he'll run through it like a running back, and, and that's bad. something you just you just can't do. I agree to disagree. It's, well, it's going to be interesting. They're like I said, that's going to be my West Coast team. That's the team that I'm going to be looking forward to watching at four o'clock. Uh, when the... I think that's uh, something we can all agree on. We're all excited for sure to see what what that offense brings. You know. If there's one team out of the well, – now this is our second episode of the of the divisional teams. If there's one team out of the eight that we've talked about that I'm the most excited to see, it's definitely the Arizona Cardinals. And that's not because you're uh, with us and that's not because you're on the show. I mean, you've heard me talk about it before in, in our group chat. I, I'm excited about the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah. As a fantasy player and as a as just a football player, you want – we all love to see high-octane offense. And, I mean – they're trying to run the most plays in NFL history. So that's always fun to watch. You know, you got an electric, a guy who ran for a thousand yards in college, threw for 4,000 yards in college. You got Larry Legend. You got Christian Kirk. You added some rookies. You know, it's going to be exciting. It definitely is. I can't, I can't wait to see it. Anybody got any final thoughts or anything that we, uh, any players that, we maybe overlooked or, or skipped or anything like that from any uh, of these teams. I mean, you can throw out another rookie for Seattle, Gary Jennings, the wide receiver from West Virginia. I mean, he, him and uh, David Sills, who's um, I think he actually signed with Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, those he's battling two, out here with uh, with our wide receivers. Yeah, those two are just dynamic in college. I mean, I think Gary Jennings is another guy, like especially with Seattle's situation. We don't know how everything's going to play out outside of Tyler Lockett. You have Metcalf, who could be the next best thing, but he has injury history. We have David Moore, who 25 catches last year. I mean, we we don't know. So any of these receivers could just come out of nowhere and be a great number two across from Tyler Lockett because 
Russell Wilson's good enough to go and make a couple, you know, a couple of his receivers fantasy worthy. I mean, big time fantasy worthy. We just don't know who that number two across from Tyler Lockett's going to be yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Will, um, any any last words before we go? I just wanted to thank you guys for having me on the podcast tonight. You know, I'm like the hype man to you to you guys. You guys are all busting out great stats, and all I can bring is excitement about my Arizona Cardinals, man. <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna be fun <laughs> to watch. You. We do appreciate you having you on. Uh, obviously, we uh, love to have you on. You've been on a few times, and and there's definitely this won't be the last time that you're on. Um, I really don't have anything else other than definitely check out what we got going on on the page. We got a lot of continuing to have a lot of polls going on, starting to get more into it's, it's just turned July. So we got, we got some rankings out there now, our July rankings are up and those are starting to heat up a little bit posted it today. And it's got, it's got a lot of uh, head turners and it also has a lot of people agreeing with us. So uh, definitely check those out. Uh, we are still actively working on the draft guide, so that's going to be coming out. Uh, we also have uh, one of our other admins who was on the, on the show last week, uh, the Eagles fan, Castle Black. He posted his uh, his draft, um, kind of his draft rules, so definitely check that out. Um, it's a really good read. He put that up there today, so that's the Fantasy Football Fraternity. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Fantasy Football Fraternity. And with that, we will see you guys next week.